All right, folks, welcome back into Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter, part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network, and I am excited to talk about just how quickly things are going to be going over the course of this next month. The Nuggets are officially a month away from their season starting. They play on October 19th. I'm recording this on the morning and posting on uh, hopefully the morning of September 19th. And my gosh, it just goes so quickly. We have been in this situation, kind of in the stasis for the Nuggets season during the last two months or so, where we've known exactly what the Nuggets are going to look like when everybody does get back on the court. But it's been a while since we've seen all these guys get back on the court, and it's going to be very, very exciting for that to happen. But now it's here. Now it is here, a month away from the start of the regular season. And more importantly, we're a week away from training camp starting, a week away from media day. And at this stage, we'll talk about that in the third segment, I think, just where where everything's going with this. But I do want to kind of put it in perspective here. We've kind of talked about this as a theoretical for a long time. Now we start to get to talking about this as a reality. Although it is going to be even longer still until we actually get to watch this team. Today is September 19th. The Nuggets play a preseason game on October 3rd, which is two weeks away from today. How crazy is that? On the first segment, we are going to do an offensive rating preview for this team. I I wrote something similar on Mile High Sports, posting on Monday morning. So if you've read that, that'll be a nice accompanying accompanying article for what I'm going to talk about today. Second segment, we're going to do a little bit of a, a preamble for the national player rankings that are going to come out soon. I know that everybody, they like to get all up in arms about it. They like to get their opinions out. They like to be upset about everything that's going on. So we're going to head that off with a pass, and I'm going to tell you exactly where the Nuggets are going to rank. And then third segment, we'll we'll recircle back to this being a week away from media day. But for now, let's get into this offensive rating preview. I put together some numbers for this team, uh, some stuff that should explain why the Denver Nuggets offense is going to be very, very good this season. It's been a long time since Murray and Porter have been back on the floor. For Murray, it's been 18 months. For Porter, it's been 11. But when those guys were on the court together the last time, I want to point out this number, 17-4. That was Denver's record uh, between kind of the, the, they wrapped up a road trip that they went on. They kicked that road trip off with a loss to the Boston Celtics back in February of 2021. Porter, during that game, he went 0 of 9, if I'm not mistaken. 0 of 9 in that game from the field, looked very lost. The pressure was clearly getting to him. The expectations were so high. And at that point, Michael Malone, he had to step back a little bit. He had to help refocus his young player. Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, they had to shoulder a little bit more of the load. But they also had to get Porter back on track, and it took Denver a little bit. took moving Michael Porter to the four, having Morris and Barton in the lineup as well. 
just to kind of help create some offense a little bit. But at that point, when Denver came back from that road trip, I'm pretty sure it was Washington. Pretty sure that was the last game that they played. Denver went on a 17-4 and run from late February to early April. Kind of the last win that they had while uh, Murray was out but still not having his uh, his ACL tear quite yet. 17-4. and four. During that stretch, that was the best record in the NBA. And they were averaging a 119 offensive rating during that stretch as well. It's only a quarter of the season, but it's the last prolonged stretch that the Nuggets have of Murray, Jokic, and MPJ playing all together and playing well. Because during that same stretch of games, I want to share the averages that those guys had put out. You can find all this in the article just in case you don't want to listen to it here. But I do want to make this clear that these are numbers that are going to blow your mind. Jokic, 34.9 minutes, 26 points, 10.6 rebounds, 9.1 assists, 57.8 field goal percentage, 47.5 three-point percentage. 84.1 free throw. Let me reiterate, 47.5 from three and 9.1 assists per game for a center. That's incredible. Now Murray, 36.3 minutes per game. He was playing a bunch of minutes during this stretch and playing really well. 21.9 points, 3.6 rebounds, 5.4 assists. 48.4 field goal, 45.3 three-point, 96.2 free throw. It wasn't the volume that I think a lot of people associated with the best version of Murray. But when you have so many players that are so efficient, you want to give everybody the opportunities that you can. And Murray during the stretch... He has the capability to go off for 25, 26, 28 points per game. I don't think anybody really questions that. What really stood out here, though, so he put up 48, 45, 96 efficiency during this stretch and allowed for Porter to also get his numbers, to also get his opportunities, because Porter during the stretch, 33 minutes, 20 points, 9.1 rebounds, just 1.0 assists, that has to go up. 58.6 field goal, 51.33.73.6 free throw. 58.51. That's incredible. That's just nuts. Jokic had 57.8. Jokic is a center. Michael Porter shot 58.6% from the field. And it wasn't crazy because he finished the season at 54%. On the season, when those three were on the court together, the Nuggets generated a 124 offensive rating. During their careers, when those three are on the court, the Nuggets have generated a 126.6 offensive rating combined between the regular season and the playoffs. I posted that stat on Saturday night. And it matters. It really does matter because they've only had 1,139 career minutes together. But the brief times that they have been on the court, it's been unstoppable, even in a playoff context. It's crazy what they've been able to do. 
and it's going under the radar. Absolutely. One of the real keys that I wanted to point out in the article last, or that I wrote last night that's posting today, anytime the Nuggets had one of Jokic, Murray, or Porter on the court during the 2020-21 season, they averaged 119 points per 100 possessions. That would be the best offensive rating of all time. That's when any one of those guys were on. So it could be Jokic by himself. It could be all three of them playing together. It could be Jokic and Porter. It could be Murray and Porter. It could be just Porter or just Murray. But any one of those times, the Nuggets averaged at a 119 offensive rating in over 3,000 minutes during the 2021 season. During the 400 plus minutes that none of the three played together, they were down to 102, which I think goes to show that the Nuggets are right to stagger minutes with all three of those guys. They have to find ways to keep all one of the three on the court at all times because they're all good enough to serve as the first option of various units, especially bench units. Like, I don't think there's any question that with what Murray's proven in the bubble, what he's proven since then, that he can carry some bench units himself. The same goes for Porter too. What he showed at the end of the 2021 season was that when Jokic was off the court, they would stagger Porter and keep him on the floor, play him with uh, Faku, with Jamichael Green, with PJ Dozier, guys that weren't going to score themselves, but Porter really took care of it. And it worked. It really did. And so I'm not really surprised that the number is the way that it is. What I think I would be most concerned about, though, is that when Denver, they need to get their chemistry back. They need to get these guys back into the swing of things. And the quickest way to do it is to play them all together. However, it's kind of the easiest way to do it, right? The easy way out for all of these guys is to just dump the ball down to Jokic, maybe run pick and roll with him, maybe run a DHO with him, and have him control basically everything. That's great offense. I don't want to take away from it. But the quickest way to get their sea legs back under them is to have Murray and Porter specifically stagger with the bench because they're going to be asked to isolate. They're going to be asked to run pick and roll and maybe take on some extra responsibility. It's going to be tougher, but it's also going to make them better quicker. That's sort of how I feel about this. And maybe that's not true. Maybe that's not what ends up happening. And I'm kind of talking off base here. But to me, it seems like the Nuggets would be well suited to come up with dedicated opportunities to stagger. That's playing with Bones Highland off the bench, with Bruce Brown, with uh, Jeff Green, Zeke Naji, maybe even DeAndre Jordan. There are ways for Denver to be a great offense throughout the season. They don't necessarily have to do anything crazy. They don't necessarily have to play the guys a crazy number of minutes. But when they do play, I think it's important to find opportunities for Jokic, Murray, and Porter to all three play by themselves. It's one of the good things that the Phoenix Suns have done, where they stagger CP3 and Devin Booker. It's one of the good things that the Warriors did, 
where they came up with lineups where Murray and Durant would play together, and then sometimes Clay and Draymond would play together, but they'd also have times where Draymond and Steph would play with the bench units and find other creative times for that. There will be some pitfalls. Denver does rely very heavily on four offensive players in order for their offense to be great. Jokic, Murray, Porter, and Bones. If Bones goes down, there could be some definite issues with the offensive rating this year. Now, you can still stagger Murray. You could still stagger Porter. And I actually think that Denver would be very wise to do that in those situations. But if you're Denver, you've got to find ways to make sure that the offense is going in the same direction for the entire season. One of the big issues for the first half of last season was that whenever Jokic would step off the court, the Nuggets offense went to the shitter. After the midway point, kind of after when Bones took over, I looked up this number, and this might blow people's minds. The Nuggets scored 118 points per 100 possessions with Bones on and Jokic off after Bones moved to point guard. That is insane. That is certifiably nuts. And of course, some of it has to do with DeMarcus Cousins, but Bones was the engine there. He would cede some control every now and again to Boogie, but Bones was the guy that really dictated everything. He had the ball in his hands most, he was running pick and roll, they'd let him isolate, and he had reckless abandon to take threes from anywhere on the floor. He has the capability to really anchor a strong unit, maybe more so, in, or at least in different ways than Murray and Porter. Bones is very much a traditional ball handling guard, whereas Murray is kind of more both on and off the ball, has a very specific skill set that works very well with Jokic, probably works better than anybody in the league with Nikola Jokic. Porter, of course, he's pretty dependent on when he's able to get the ball. Bones can get the ball anytime. He can get past anybody anytime. And as he continues to learn, as it continues to grow, maybe the Nuggets can take advantage of that and they don't necessarily have to stagger all the time. Maybe Bones is good enough that you don't have to do that. I don't think I would rely on that. I think I would, maybe at the start of the season, I'd probably give it like five games. See what the bench lineup looks like with an all-bench lineup where you've got Bones, Bruce Brown, Davon Reed, Zeke Naji, Jeff Green. See what that lineup looks like. And if it's fine, then it's fine. And you're winning games, then great. Who cares? But if you're really losing, and if you're not making enough of a enough headway off the bench unit in order to keep Denver from getting into a hole, then maybe it would be a good idea to get him some. Michael Porter time, to get him some Jamal Murray time. I'm talking bones here. Because if you do that, Denver's going to have a great offense. As long as you can kind of spread the wealth a little bit, as long as everybody's going the same direction, staying healthy, or at least relatively so, even if Murray and Porter don't necessarily play 82 games, it's just going to take 60 to 66 or so. Because last year, the Nuggets ranked sixth in offensive rating at 113.8 points per 100 possessions. The leader 
in offensive rating was the Utah Jazz, but they don't exist anymore. Not from a not from an actual core perspective. Second place was the Atlanta Hawks at 115.4 points per 100 possessions. So that's a 1.6 point difference. Can Murray and Porter, an extra season of Bones, can those guys make up the difference? I don't see any reason why they can't. There are other teams that are going to improve too, like the Minnesota Timberwolves. They're like they get Rudy Gobert, who's not an offensive player himself, but is going to put a lot of pressure on the rim. They should be a top five offense. And if you're the Clippers, who gained Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and Norman Powell from last season, though they started at about 24th in offensive rating, still think they should be pretty close to top five, if not top five. But is there any reason why the Nuggets shouldn't be at the top of the league? I don't think so. They could be historically great. They could be one of the very best teams ever on the offensive end. As long as they're going the same direction, as long as Murray and Porter kind of hit the ground running a little bit, doesn't take as long to get them up to speed. I could see Denver breaking the offensive rating record, which is nuts. 117.3 points per 100 possessions from the Brooklyn Nets in 2020-21. They had Kyrie Irving, James Harden, and Kevin Durant. Well, the Nuggets have Murray Porter and MPG, or Murray Porter Jokic. That might be enough for them. It might be. Let's take a break. Actually, no, let me give a let me give my prediction. I think the Nuggets are going to lead the league in offensive rating. I don't think they're going to quite break the record, but they're going to get close. We'll go 116.8 points per 100 possessions. It's going to be really fun. Let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to get into this player rankings hullabaloo. But first, football is back. Week two, almost in the books for the NFL season. And nobody is more excited than your friends at Superbook Sports. Superbook is bringing Vegas-style wagering to the palm of your hands, and now they will match 100% of your first bet up to $1,000, no matter if the bet wins or loses. You don't have to be at the stadium to enjoy football this fall. Just visit Superbook.com or download the Superbook Colorado app right now and start getting in on all of the action. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. We're back. Big Axon or Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support on the podcast. As always, if you can, it'd be awesome if you could rate, rate, review, and subscribe to the pod on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcasts. Five stars would be fantastic. Uh, A review would be fantastic as we get closer to this NBA season. Um, Reviews on the podcast would be very helpful. All right, let's get into, I know this is a little bit of an ambiguous discussion, but we are in this stage where I've talked about so much. I've talked about everything with regard to this Nuggets team. I don't think I've missed anything. I've talked about the rotation, talked about the minutes, talked about the roles, talked about uh, the offense, the defense. I'll be talking more about the defense um, Wednesday for sure. But 
I do think that we should get into this kind of preemptive discussion on player rankings, which don't matter in any stretch of the word. Let, let me be clear. This is not something that Nuggets fans should be tethered to. This is not something that Nuggets players are tethered to. They know what their value is. They know like, Jokic doesn't care. He doesn't care about any of our opinions, which is great. Uh, Murray and Porter, they know that they're coming off of injuries. They're about to prove people wrong. They know that they've been forgotten a little bit in the grand scheme of things. Aaron Gordon, KCP, Bones, Bruce Brown, all those guys are going to be rated lower than I think a lot of – like than, than they would certainly rate themselves. But it would be an opportunity for them to prove themselves. So I'm going to predict kind of preemptively here what these Nuggets players are going to be ranked, where they're going to be ranked by these national outlets on the top player lists. Most of the time, these top player lists go from 1 to 100. And so I think you're probably going to see five guys show up on the list. KCP will be the final one. Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter, Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic. Those guys are all top 100 players. They'll all show up unless these national outlets kind of make the stipulation that, hey, injuries last year, not sure where to rank them, not sure what they're going to look like when they come back. We're just going to not do it. Sometimes people do that, but I I think that they're going to be ranked. And I think that we can start with Bruce Brown and Bones Highland. They're going to be on the outside looking in, in all likelihood. And I think that Bruce Brown, if I were to rank him, if I were to kind of uh, gauge the national perception on him, I'd say he's probably about 130th. And where did I come up with that number? Not really sure. Uh, actually, I do know. Uh, Seth Seth Partnow of The Athletic, he does his tier rankings, ranks about the top 125 players. Bruce Brown was 126th according to him on a podcast. So that's about where he's going to be. Maybe he ranks a little bit higher than that at like 110, but I just don't see him cracking the top 100. However, Bones Highland, with as high profile as he is, maybe he does. Maybe there's a maybe there's a possibility that he cracks the top 100. I don't think so because I think that when you when you kind of get into this discussion about these players like think just think about okay 100 players 30 teams on average each team is going to have about 3.3 players in which they are going to be ranked on the on their team so is bones the third best player on over half of the teams in the nba no not at all so i don't think that it's likely that he's going to be on the top 100 list But in terms of players that aren't there, he has a definite possibility to make it or like at least at least make his way onto it after the season starts where people look back on their lists and think, man, I missed that one. This dude is very, very good. So I see I can see Bones averaging about 16, four and four somewhere around there. That would be great for Denver. It would be awesome as long as he stays relatively efficient. And then people will be like, yeah, we definitely missed on that. We're going to get them on the list next year. But those are the guys that are outside looking in. I don't think anybody else gets major consideration. Maybe Jeff Green 
if you were to rank anybody. Zeke Naji, he has the potential, I guess, to be at the very back end of the list if he develops a more consistent role next year. But Jeff Green is one of those guys. He was a former starter, or he was a starter for this Nuggets team last year and, and played pretty well. He was on a lot of lists the previous season. So I do think that he's a guy that probably wouldn't show up, but it wouldn't surprise me if somebody gave him a nod. But let's get into the starting five. KCP, he's one of those prototypical players that shows up at the back end of these lists as everybody kind of decides on these national rankings between, okay, should we rank the bad first and second options over this guy? The the inefficient players that do have a lot of opportunities that are in the national spotlight a little bit more, or like this is the Dion Waiters class where he would get those opportunities to shoot, though he wasn't necessarily good at it, but he had a lot more opportunities to showcase himself to a national audience than a player like KCP, who you had to look a little bit more closer for. But I do think that KCP probably shows up at about 95 to 100, right at the back end of number f- of the, uh, the top 100 list. Because if you leave him off, then it's going to surprise a lot of people when the Nuggets are great. And it's because not because he's shooting 42% from three, but he will be shooting 42% and defending the opposing team's best player in the starting lineup. And people will turn around and look at that like, okay, that's definitely something that we missed. So my guess is that he'll show up at about 95. He has that pedigree from being a Laker for several years. I don't think people are going to forget about him. Aaron Gordon. He hasn't been forgotten. He's definitely been one of those guys that people have wanted to prop up in these lists at various points. But it's also one of those opportunities where people think, okay, this guy could be better. This guy could be a better player. And he's just not the version of the elite role player that I think a lot of people would want to see from him in order to rank him in the top 50 or so. He has the potential to be a top 50 player. I don't think anybody really questions that, but the defense has to really come along. It has to be elite as opposed to the good that it is right now. Hopefully being in a better situation this year, I think would potentially help him, but I don't think that his offense, I don't think that his overall skill set, it doesn't really lend itself to him being ranked highly. He's not an elite three-point shooter. And he doesn't have as many highlight dunks as you would think. I would have Gordon at about 70th. That's my projection for what I think he's going to look like, what I think the Nuggets are going to see from him. Or not Nuggets, but what the nationalists are going to do with him. Because he's not quite in that top role player tier where Mikhail Bridges and Andrew Wiggins is going to show up. And there are a couple of other guys that are on that list like Al Horford, guys like that. But I do think that Gordon should be on the list somewhere in the 60s to 70s. Now, Michael Porter, this one's going to be fascinating because I think a lot of people, the last impression that they have of him is twofold. They have the playoffs in 2021 where he did not look great. He definitely didn't look um, 
capable in that playoff series against the Suns, where they were taking advantage of him on both sides of the ball. And then when he came back for the regular season, he just didn't look like the same player and looked very injured. So people are going to think about those two events. And though he was pushing for maybe a maybe like the 40th best player in the NBA, he's now going to drop down to probably closer to 50 or 60, if I had to guess. I think 50 is probably safer because he's more of that star scorer type role that a lot of people will want to rank at a high level. But don't be surprised if he's a lot lower than people expect. Maybe he's in the 60s. Maybe he's somebody that people are definitely pushing down because they look back at what his season looked like. And yes, he was an efficient scorer, but he didn't really do much else. And people are going to definitely hold that against him, I would say. And so you've got all these other guys that I think, let's just kind of look at, let's look at the list a little bit. Like Scotty Barnes. For Toronto, for example, I think a lot of people would like to rank him above Michael Porter Jr. It's not a guy from last year, but definitely a guy that that could rank over him. A Marcus Smart type, a Mikhail Bridges type, those guys definitely going to rank ahead of Michael Porter Jr. because they're the efficient, effective role player options. Maybe Kyle Kuzma, somebody that had a really strong season for the Washington Wizards this past year. Maybe he jumps ahead of somebody like MPJ in the rankings. So I can see people making that case, and it might make some Nuggets fans mad. This is one that I think most Nuggets fans are going to get upset about. So brace yourselves on that one. Now, Jamal Murray, this one will be tough because there are some people that I think still rank him and still think of him as a top 25 to top 30 player. But they just haven't seen him in a while. And during that time, you've had guys like DeJounte Murray, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, some other young players that have definitely broken out and moved up ahead of Murray in these rankings. Brandon Ingram, Jalen Brown, guys from his draft class. John Morant certainly has has elevated himself well beyond that. Um, Who else kind of makes sense in that tier? Like, it wouldn't surprise me if... De'Aaron Fox was ranked above Murray when there's no reason why De'Aaron Fox should ever be ranked above Murray. But it wouldn't surprise me at all. Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, Anthony Edwards is definitely one that I think a lot of people are going to be pushing to move above a guy like Murray just because he's in that spotlight. But we're going to see. I would guess that Murray ranks about 35th. And that could mean... Maybe he's 32nd, maybe he's 40th, maybe he's in that general range where people know that he's good, they know he's like CJ McCollum at this stage, like the Nuggets version of CJ McCollum. He's more talented than CJ, he's better than CJ, he's proven more in the playoffs especially, but because he hasn't played, because he's kind of out of sight, out of mind, would not surprise me if a lot of folks were just like, okay, yeah, we're instead of really focusing on that, we are just going to rank you the lowest of these group of this group. That wouldn't surprise me at all. So, like Darius Garland going to rank above Murray. Um, Zach Levine going to rank above Murray. Bradley Beal probably. Dejounte Murray probably going to rank above Murray. 
I think of Murray as better than all these guys. I think of him as having a higher ceiling, somebody who's proven it in the playoffs, somebody who I believe has seeded a lot of his overall offensive volume and his offensive stardom to be a great player in the Nuggets system. So we're going to see what it looks like, but I think that he might get offended at where his ranking is. That Don't be surprised if you see something on Snapchat, something on Instagram, be like, or, or on Twitter especially, be like, 36? What the fuck? Uh, that would not surprise me in the slightest. So just keep a lookout for that. Um, the, the SI top 100 is probably one that I would, I would definitely look at for that too. And now you've got Jokic. You've got best player on the team, two-time MVP, had the best numbers over the course of these last two years, undoubtedly, no question about it. But he's not going to rank number one. I don't think anybody's going to have him as the best player in the NBA. When you go out in the first round and then you go out the way that he did against the Suns, it's hard to justify ranking him number one over some of these other guys that have had a little bit more success. And that's fine. Like I, I, I can't get upset about that take because I have seen Jokic's weaknesses too. And some of these other players do have weaknesses as well. Everybody has weaknesses. Nobody's a perfect player. Like the best version of LeBron James does not exist anymore. The best version of Michael Jordan does not exist in the grand scheme of the NBA today. So I'm going to guess that Jokic ranks about third. I think that Giannis will rank first, Steph will rank second, Jokic will rank third, and probably KD will rank fourth, maybe Embiid, maybe LeBron. I don't really see anybody else ranking that highly. I think it's fair to have Jokic at the top. Oh, Luka. Luka might be a guy that has that people have him ahead of Jokic. That'll, I think, upset a lot of Nuggets fans because that's just what can what can Jokic do. So I think it's it's gonna be fascinating to see where he comes in, where places like ESPN have him. Would not surprise me if Luca is ranked ahead of him because Luca went to the Western Conference Finals. Um would not surprise me if Kevin Durant ranked ahead of him. If players like Jason Tatum and Joel Embiid and LeBron rank ahead of Jokic, then I'd be pretty frustrated. There is no reason for Jokic to be ranked any lower than fifth. And honestly, I would say lower than fourth. But if it happens, then Nuggets fans can get up in arms about it. That's the only reason to. If people have him as kind of neck and neck with Steph or Giannis and they just happen to pick those guys, whatever. Not really surprised. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to uh, discuss media day, discuss opening night really quickly. We'll be right back. Final segment, pickaxe and roll. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Let's wrap this up with a really quick, uh, I think, perspective for what this team is going to be looking like over the course of this next week, over this course of this next month. Got a week away until media day. 
There's going to be a lot of anticipation for this. Saw a clip that the Denver Nuggets social put out there that Jamal Murray's back in town along with Michael Porter Jr. That those guys are getting shots up together. I'm sure the entire team, or at least most everybody outside of Nikola Jokic, is working together right now. Is kind of getting their, their chemistry back in line. Doing some pre-training uh, camp work. Some non-mandatory work that should benefit the team for sure. In the long run, Jokic should arrive sometime this week. Probably not immediately, but wouldn't surprise me if he got there on Wednesday and got a couple shots up, hung out with the team a little bit. Though he's not going to be full go, the Nuggets are clearly going to hold him back a little bit from a physical standpoint because he's coming off of Eurobasket. He's going to get some shots up. He's going to get in some open runs. There's no doubt about that. And it's going to be good for Denver because it's going to be the first time that they've had this new group together. And it'll be good for Jokic to show up and and just be that leader, be that guy that everybody can look to in these situations where he can kind of set that example. So the entire word on Jokic is that he is a great leader by example He's a guy who's going to put in the work. Everybody is going to feed off of that. I don't expect that to change, even if he's coming off of Eurobasket, even if he's like, man, I I could definitely use another week off. I think he's fun. I think he'll be okay. Um, It should be fun. It should be very fun to see what everybody looks like when, when they get back into the swing of things. Before everybody does get back, though, I wonder if everybody kind of takes their final vacations this week, I definitely am. I'm going to tell you, right, over the weekend. And they're going to try to do that before the mandatory work begins. The anticipation's killing me. I know it's killing a lot of people. I know that a lot of people are just so excited for what's to come for this team. And I know that the coaching staff is working well together. I know that the players are starting to really talk. It's going to be fascinating to see what all these combinations look like. We're going to get that training camp out in San Diego. We're going to get right after that. They're coming back. They will be playing a home preseason game against the Oklahoma City Thunder exactly two weeks from now. So this thing is moving, folks. This thing is absolutely moving. And I think Nuggets fans, though the anticipation is killing you, I think it should be important that the Nuggets take this time that they do what they can over the course of this next month to get to the place where they need to be. Let them take that time. Let them iron out some things. It's going to be fascinating to see what the overall training camp battles look like. I will make sure to document all of it. I think on Friday, unless I have a guest on, I will be talking about uh, various questions that I have that I'll be asking at Media Day, kind of a preview of what that media day experience is going to look like for a lot of people. You know that Murray's going to get a lot of questions about his rehab. Porter's going to get a lot of questions about his situation. We're going to get a lot of dialogue from Michael Malone and from Nikola Jokic and uh, maybe Calvin Booth on the goals for this team, on what they really want to focus on, what the identity of the team is going to be like. It's important for them to set the tone. And we are about a week away from that. But we'll make sure to cover it all here. I'll make sure to 
give you as much of my effort and focus and content as I possibly can. But I am definitely going to be taking a vacation over to Telluride. So if you have any recommendations, would absolutely love to hear those for sure. But for now, that is going to do for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by Superbook Sports. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. I'll be back on Wednesday, going to go over some stuff, uh, maybe some more player ranking stuff as that continues to file out. I have no doubt that these things are going to cause a lot of stir with people, but we are definitely not going to focus too heavily on that. We'll see what happens. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Talk to you guys very soon.